0: Hello and welcome back to Distinct Authors Talking Publishing. I'm Patricia Bates, Romance Author. If this is the first show you've heard, welcome. I make podcasts like this every week. Please click on the follow button so you'll never miss an upcoming episode. You can also subscribe to our newsletter or become a Patreon member to get bonus material. Both of those links will be in the description box below. Today, I'd like to talk to you about characters. They are one part of the lifeblood of any story we offer our readers. Good, bad, every character is important to telling the story. However, not all belong in the spotlight, but all deserve the same care and consideration when being created. Writing believable characters is a challenge, whilst avoiding the typical cliches we all too often see, and as authors sometimes fall into. There are a number of cliched characters we are all familiar with: the brooding rebel. The reluctant hero, the plain Jane, the mad scientist, and the list goes on. But what makes these characters so predictable and boring to today's reader? These characters are interchangeable. You can put them in any situation and they fit with little effort on an author or reader's part. So let's get into a bit more details, including some of those examples to clarify what I mean. First, we'll look at a few of these cliched characters we've all read. The first one is the brooding rebel. He's the quiet, Tactful owner, brisk and standoff, and she is slightly antisocial, going out of his way to avoid contact with other people. His personality changes, however, when he meet he or she meets the man or woman of his or her dreams. Then they become a different person. We get to see the softer side of them, the more sensitive, emotional man. We've all seen such a character in a book or a movie. Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights, for example, is a good one. Personally, I happen to think Wolverine from X-Men fits into this category as well. Next, of course, is the playing Jane, Quiet, unassuming man or woman everyone looks at, look, overlooks. But at the end of it all, he or she's the smartest, kindest, his or her inner beauty is exposed. The ugly duckling. She's the woman who doesn't attract men's attention. Yet when the hero falls in love with her, he's astounded anyone consider her plain. He's the guy no, but On the other side of that, he's the guy that nobody really notices next door. But once you get to know him, his charming wit is exposed, and the heroine questions why nobody knows to. Four. We've all seen these examples of the brooding hero, the plain Jane, and oftentimes we fall into the trap of writing them because they're, they're very easy to write. Next, of course, is the seductress, a beautiful sex woman with a mind of her own who is interested in only one thing, her own advancement, whether it's personal, whether it's financial, whether it's, you know, power. She isn't shy and makes no secret. She's willing to do whatever she must. An example of this character is the woman Sharon Stone played in Basic Instinct. Perhaps a little over the top, but ultimately she is a femme fatale. She was also a bit of a psychopath, but definitely a femme fatale. Another is the reluctant hero, a simple man looking for peace and quiet who finds him or herself tugged along on a journey full of excitement and adventure. Typically, their rise to the occasion given to them because they must, not because they desire to. A prime example of this is John Wayne's character in El Dorado, a great movie where he played a gunfighter he got caught in a range work but he wound up on the underdog side I'd highly recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. Now, these characters, these cliched characters, do not necessarily fall into, you know, whether it's a man or a woman as that character. You know, uh, they can be either or. It, it's not specifically a sex or gender gender um, thing. It is how the character is portrayed. Uh, there are women rebels. There are women um, heroes. You know, there are uh, playboys who are, you know, they're they're vicious and they're out to get a their own personality interests rather than you know anyone else's and so it really does play into that idea so when you're looking at these cliched characters don't be uh don't be tricked into thinking that is specific you know one or the other gender it can be either or they're very interchangeable in my experience now of course there are a few more than these and we've see all seen them perhaps we've even written them i know i have without even realizing i've done so it's not unusual to write characters we are familiar with and we are very comfortable with those, these ones. Many, if not all of these characters are classics, which inspired writer after writer to model their character after them. Unless we, ha- unless we have become so used to them, we've become the cookie cutter model. There isn't anything wrong with starting with some of these personality traits. Though, if you can expand on them, give them more depth, it would be a greater idea and uh, give you more of a benefit and impact. Remember. The trick is to learn and adapt and make your characters three-dimensionals and unique. Playing off the typical cliche character's strengths is a step onto the path, but not the whole journey. Playing off the typical cliche character's strengths is a step onto the path, but not the whole journey. So how do we make a character interesting while avoiding the cliche trap? Well, the first step I believe into doing this is to know your characters. Knowing everything about them is vital, and I mean everything from their favorite food to what kind of underwear they like, what are their fears, their dreams, their desires. Before I start any project, I take the time to do a major character interview of two main characters. Now, these can range anywhere from 5 pages to 15 if I feel it is necessary. Other characters get a more basic interview. So there is some awareness known to the subsequent characters. Even if a character has only a couple of lines, I believe it is a good idea to do an interview with them as well. It does not have to be extensive. It can be a simple one-page, five-question interview. But it is extremely beneficial in the long run because you never know when a minor character may shift and become much more active and play a more invested part in the story. There are some excellent interview questions you can get with a simple Google. I'll put some links in the description box for you. When you're creating your characters, one thing to keep in mind is never think small. Consider every detail. Think outside of the box when it comes to questions about your characters. You may find you don't use every detail, but having them at hand will make your life much easier. Your main characters need to be three-dimensional so the reader feels like they're getting to know an actual person. One thing you want to avoid when you're writing is leaving the characters blank. Describe them. As you go so the reader can picture them, paint their image for the reader and allow the reader to connect with them. When you're lacking a description or you leave a character's image ambiguous, it has an effect on the reader's enjoyment of the book. I've heard from a number of readers, um, where they have actually said, you know, it's great that, you know, the, the character has so many similarities and I can really feel m- myself taking their place. But at the same time, I don't necessarily want to do that. I want to be able to escape and be able to connect with these readers as an, with these characters as an individual, as a unique person so that I'm, I'm part of their story rather than, you know, being, rather than being their story. So I think that's a very good uh, idea is to make sure that your character is described sufficiently in your story. Now, don't just tell the reader what the character looks like in one massive information. dump. It's the worst thing you can do. This is jarring. It creates a passive description, in my opinion. You want to sprinkle it into the book. Think of each interaction that a character has within your story as a chance for you to show the reader a detail of the character. And you can do this from the point of view of another character. You've given the reader the same information, but in in an active manner, rather than simply telling him or her, makes it much more active rather than passive. Remember, we don't spend a lot of time in the mirror saying to ourselves, I'm this tall, I weigh this much, my eyes are blue or green, and so on and so forth. You can show a reader details about the character's personality as well as the narrative where they're enjoying their hobby or a particular food or whatever the detail is. This allows the reader to see the details in such a way where they're actually taking part in it rather than simply being told. Weaving in these character features may seem to be a lot of work, but in the end, your character is well-rounded and identifiable to the reader, not only as the main character in your novel. But as an individual, a great re- a great resource you can utilize is Pinterest. Creating a board for inspiration for your book is a huge time saver, and I've done this. I've got multiple boards for most of my books, and I find that it's it's a very good resource to have. Um, you can have you can have a visual representation of your characters, your setting, your plot points. All in one place. This will make it much easier for you as you go along because it does give you that visual reference that you can go back and forth to as you're going through. Now, just as important as knowing your character is is understanding their goals, their motivations and conflicts. For example, you have a heroine who hates relationships. She has no interest in them. Why? What are her reasons or her beliefs? Name a goal of hers that would create conflict to be it internal or external in regards to relationships, you know, is, you know, is her dislike of relationships connected to a bad experience or, um, you know, is she, you know, in some way not adverse to relationships, but she's never really been involved with one. So for her, it's an unknown, um, So having, for example, having parents who died is often used. It's almost overused. And if you're going to do so, you will need to ensure the spin you put on is unique and original to avoid another cliche. Again, this is one of those tropes which is used a lot. And it's so overused that it really, it really kind of should be not used in my opinion because Even though it's something that is quite common, we need to have a way for somehow to make it unique and, and individualized for your particular character. And sometimes it's harder to do than we realize. So what motivates a character to do their job, for example, to be a playboy or a seductress? Are there secrets out there which could influence how others see them? Motivation is a huge part of every aspect of life, and writing a character... With little motivation to do anything, leaves the reader with a bad feeling of the book and could ultimately kill the reader's interest. Remember, your your character's motivation has to be more than simply getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee. It's great motivation. It gets you out of bed, but it's kind of boring for the reader to be reading that. So what is their motivation? What pulls them through their interactions. That's a really good um, point to have and to really utilize. But be creative with your answers. Think outside the box. Perhaps your heroine is a serial killer and uses sex to kill her victims. How would that impact your story? How would that impact her ability to have said relationship? How would it affect her ability to see others in a positive or negative light. Remember, your hero or heroine can be the anti-hero or anti-heroine. They don't have to be the pure innocent heart of gold people. There must be conflicts within themselves to allow for growth as a character. If character A is perfect and a wonderful person and there's never anything wrong with them, they don't need to grow. It lends a certain boredom to the reader's experience. Having flaws, bad habits and such do not detract from an amazing character. Rather, it adds a layer of depth and life to your characters. Characters, in my opinion, are one-third of what makes a great story. You have a wonderful story idea, a great setting, great plot, but if the characters are boring, the book won't be read. Can you imagine Harry Potter without Harry Potter? What about, can you honestly imagine Lord of the Rings without Gandalf? So you have to remember, he's as much a part of the storytelling as your location, as the magic, and it shows. Readers are looking for an escape when we pick up a book. A character we can identify identify with. Even if it is to love, to hate, it's still is still interesting and three-dimensionals and will keep your reader hooked. Think of your characters in your books as individuals with identities, experiences, feelings when you're writing. Engage all of their senses. So that the reader is feeling what they feel, hearing what they're hearing, seeing what they're seeing, smelling and tasting what they're, they're smelling, what they're tasting, what they're doing. For those moments when I'm reading, I want to experience the story through the eyes of those who are living it, not simply as a bystander, but as part of that story. So, I hope today's episode has offered some helpful, helpful tips on writing your ideal characters. Uh, please click on the follow button. You can also find us on Google Play, Spotify, and iTunes. I hope you have a great week and a blessed weekend. Happy writing until next time. This week's episode was sponsored in part by the following Indie author Raven Moon and her series Fate of the Witch, which is available now on Amazon. Stephanie Kolojay and her novel Finding and the Forsaken series by Elise Walls and Sierra Lake available now on Amazon. I look forward to hearing from you next time so please feel free to leave a comment down below.